Go ahead and turn your Bibles. That's Matthew 1. <clears throat> Matthew 1. You're going to be in a few different places, but they're all going to be just a few pages from Matthew 1, so it won't be hard to get back to where you need to be. So go ahead and be in Matthew 1 for my, for my kiddos. I, I want those Bibles open. We're in the Christmas story. This is a beautiful word to know, to see. It never gets old. I love it every year we read it. And so I want you to be there. So no matter how old you are, where you are in life, no matter if you have this one memorized or not, I want you to have those Bibles open. As I was giving the announcements, as I was talking about how great this week was, I got sidetracked and uh, forgot to finish. And so we also had our 50 and greater meal. We went to Patty's on Thursday, had a phenomenal time. If you are in that age group or you just love to be around people that are a little bit further in life than you, I would encourage you to be a part of that. We go do a lot of fun things. I'm very thankful for Greg and Charlotte and Patsy that get a lot of that together. And then we had our St. Jude run yesterday, and we had like 15 to 16, 17 people go and just had a great time. We stayed the night on Friday, you know, ran well, um, fellowshiped well, and so that was just an awesome time. So if we do do that next year, which I hope we do, um, I hope you can be a part of it. It was just a really fun time. We had kids go and adults go and families go. It was just awesome. So thank you guys for being a part of everything we have going on here at Eastview. So as I said, go ahead and turn your Bibles. That's Matthew 1. Matthew 1. So for this month, we're going to be, for at least these three weeks, the last month in December is after Christmas. So for this week and the next two, there are going to be sermons that are all centered around Christmas. And it's all going to be centered around answering the question of, have we actually ever experienced Christmas? And so for that question of, have you ever really experienced Christmas this week, next week, and the following week, they will all be unpacking that and answering that question in your own life, in your own heart, in your own traditions. So for me personally, as I tell you guys every year, I'm a huge fan. I like the Grinch, and I like eggnog, and I like ham and dressing, and I like stockings, and I like tree and lights and Chevy Chase, and I'm a big fan of all of it, okay? I enjoy the gifts. My kids are going to wake up on Christmas morning and run to the tree in matching pajamas. We're going to watch you know, Christmas Vacation and all of those things. We're going to enjoy Christmas. There are very few things, very few things that I don't just love about this season. But like anything in life, based off of Sunday last week, when Christ is not first, it really is not at its heightened sense of what it should be. And so as we unpack how Christmas was started, where it originated for its purpose, the heart and soul of this season and this celebration, it begs the question, have I, have you ever really celebrated Christmas? You know, all throughout the Bible, we see that theme of, are you really getting everything out of fill in the blank? We saw that in Galatians, Paul came to these people and he says, yes, you're, you're still teaching some good things. Yes, you're, you're saying some real good things, but you've distorted it and you drifted from it and now you've diluted it, right? We see that in 1 Corinthians and we see it with the Lord's Supper and the church where, where Paul goes and goes, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, you got, the, you got the wine, you got the bread, you got the building, but this isn't the Lord's Supper. Like you kind of have like a hollow shell of it. Like it looks like it, but it's not really it. 
And when Christ isn't first, when Christ isn't the heart, when Christ isn't the soul, something like awesome, like marriage, like family, like church, like holidays, like traditions, it's not really all that it could be. So I'm asking the question this whole month, if you got a pen, write it down in your Bible, write it down in a journal, am I really, am I really celebrating Christmas? How do I know if I am? Listen to Matthew 1 on the birth of Christ, a wonderful story in verses 18, and we're going to read through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being just a man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to her and put away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine, Joseph? Can you imagine that moment? Can you imagine that scene? 21, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, remember, we've, we've talked about this a lot. This is Isaiah 7. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, like you, um, I thought that I knew a little about Christmas, and I had the basic concepts, and I remember in, in some history classes being taught about, you know, St. Nicholas and some of the traditions and different countries of the world and where we got the tree and where we got lights and all of these traditions that we celebrate. I had a, a general concept. But this week, as I got the shovel out and I started digging and digging and digging and digging, like to the really the bare bones, the roots of this beautiful celebration, there was a lot that I didn't know. I'd be surprised if, if any of you really knew what, what I really found out and fact-checked and really dug into concerning Christmas, this time where most of you would say, I love. Do we really know that much about it? The first recorded Christmas, did you know, was about 300 years, approximately 336, after the death of Christ. So 300 years after Jesus hang on the cross, that was the first recorded Christmas in history. It was created in Rome and it was all centered around the nativity scene. It was created by the Roman church. And I want you to think of the Christmas tree where we all come together and we, we look and we sing and we celebrate, and we open presents and have family times around the fire. The nativity scene 300 years after the death of Christ was really their Christmas tree. There was no tree, there was no lights, there was no electricity at that time. There was a story of a, a bunch of men that knew how to work with their hands. And they built this huge wooden nativity scene with Mary and Joseph and shepherds and angels. And they built this huge, remarkable scene. 
They called it the nativity. And they put it outside. And people who belonged to the church, small churches in that area, they would gather together and they would sing and they would worship. And they said that this was Christmas. The church established the date later on, honestly, about 100, 150 years after they started celebrating it. And they established the date of December 25th, much later on. December 25th, I thought this was maybe the most interesting part of Christmas that I didn't know. December 25th was the exact date, not out of just accident, but it was intentional. Because on December 25th in the Roman calendar, the people who created Christmas, that is when the winter solstice is. You know what the winter solstice is? The winter solstice is literally just one day or some believe two during the year, which is the shortest day of the year. And during the shortest day of the year, it's usually the darkest day of the year because it's deep into the winter to where these people came together and they say, during this short day that the sun is not out, this is the moment, the one time of year where we most need the sun. Remember that. This is where we most need the sun. St. Augustine and other preachers throughout time, they linked December 25th and what the Romans said was Christmas back to Malachi 4, just flipped just literally one page. The last book of the Old Testament. Christmas is linked to these verses right here. In the early Roman church, just hundreds of years after the death of Christ, naming it Christmas, identifying the date, this is why it's December 25th. Did you know this? Look at Malachi 4, verses 2 and 3. I think this is fascinating for you guys that care. Verses two and three. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise. Now, how do they spell son there? S-U-N. The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. And you shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under your soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord. So what they said was, that is the day that we most need the sun. And they saw the prophecy coming Christ in Malachi. And they said, in December 25th is when we are going to mark, probably not the day Jesus was born, but this is when we are going to mark. Because on this day as people, this is when we most need the sun with a U. And this is when we most need the sun with an O. Years later, they would name this day Christmas, which literally means the mass of Christ. That's what it means. The mass of Christ. And what does that mean? The word mass literally means service. It means celebration. So there's a few things for my kiddos and my adults and my families. I want you to really understand about the the core of Christmas is simply this. Christmas was created by believers. Christmas was created by believers. It was named, given a date, put structure around it by believers. And it is for believers. It was created and it was for the church. So no matter what this world wants to tell you, no matter how we've diluted it, no matter how we've drifted from the core of why this season is so special, Christmas is for Christians. That sounds bold. Christmas is not for the lost. 
You don't have to say it, I'll say it for you. Christmas is not for the non-believer. Christmas is for Christians. Now you can take what the world has done for this and go it's for the world, that's fine, name it something else in which they have. But Christmas was created, originated, and formed. It was birthed by the church. The early Christians, 300 years after the death of Christ, they came together poor and having nothing persecuted, and they looked at the manger scene. There was no gifts. There was never a moment where one looked at somebody and said, hey, I really want a Nintendo. That wasn't Christmas, even though it's fun today. They looked at the nativity and they said, man, my gift is Jesus. Praise God, we might not have anything here, but we have so much in him. Hang on it, Christmas is for Christians. Christmas is not for the lost. It's an empty shell, it shows their hollowness. You go, man, that sounds rough, Hunter. Hang on it, that sounds rough. No, 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 no. If the world was standing up with me today, they would go, no, no, guys, I know that sounds harsh, but we agree. If the world was on stage with me, they would say to you, I got no problem with what Hunter is saying. We don't want Christmas. That's what they would say to you. This is not bold. This is not harsh. We have no problem with this. We know it's not for us, nor do we want it. And we know that by what? What is Christmas now? It's a holiday. We can't even speak the word Christmas, right? It's a slow drip. Did you know that according to 2020, big business, I don't know what, you know, a state's a big business, but big business stated that it was mandated that no one could welcome, could greet, could email chain, Merry Christmas, that you had to say Happy Holidays. You can turn on the television. We're not in Charlie Brown world anymore where Linus is quoting scripture. In cartoons, in music, in TV shows, when you walk into a store, there is no more Merry Christmas. No, it's all Happy Holidays. When you watch the parade, when you see the show, and it's not on accident. Hang on. It is not on accident. It is intentional. They have had big boy board meetings and saying, listen, we are shifting away from this. Why? Because Christmas is for Christians. Christmas isn't for the lost. Christmas is not for us. We say happy holidays. Now listen to me. What has happened to you and I as believers, just like Galatians and just like most examples of the church and outside the church, what the world has deemed to be accurate, what the world has deemed to be important, how the world celebrates what we are a part of that is slowly dripped on the church and Christians and we have drifted with it, right? And so I started thinking to myself as a man who really loves Christmas. I love all of it, guys. I'm not Scrooge. I enjoy it probably most more than you. But I started thinking to myself, in my life, in yours, think about it. Have I celebrated more seasons of happy holidays or Merry Christmas? Do I celebrate more holidays or or Christmas? Which one? Do I celebrate more with the world? Like this month, is is Jesus going to be king this month in the Jones home? 
Or will he be second? Will he be third? Will he be seventh? Will he be ninth? Will I be a part of the world? Do people say happy holidays to me? Because that's what I'm celebrating. I'm not celebrating Christmas, nor maybe have I ever. Have you? And so as I started digging into Christmas and what it really stood for and where it originated, where it birthed, I thought, have any of us really ever celebrated Christmas? So you get offended and we get kind of muffed at the idea that people say happy holidays, but they say it because that's what we celebrate. I would honestly believe that the high majority of us at times on Christmas Day, we might not even think of the person that the actual season of the celebration was created for. So it begs the question, have you really ever celebrated? Have you ever celebrated Christmas? And you go, Hunter, I don't know. What does that mean? Does that mean that we have no tree, we have no lights, we don't watch Chevy Chase and I just read the Bible with my kids for 24 hours and a fasting on December 25th? Is that what celebrating Christmas is? Pastor, you saying I can't have gifts, I can't have a tree? Is that what you're saying is sinful? What does it mean to celebrate Christmas? Well, look, this is what we're gonna do these three weeks. There are ways of looking at our life and answering that question. And the one question that we're gonna look at today is, what is first? What is the primary message of Christmas in your home? It's the only question we're answering. We're going to answer another question next week. What is the primary message of Christmas in your home? You don't have to flip with me, but we read it last week in our Bible study or our sermon last week and on Sunday night in Matthew 6. No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. As I told you, I am not Scrooge here. I love 99% of this holiday. But what is our primary message? I think if we ask most of our kids in this church, for you guys that are living to be faithful and bringing up your kids to be aliens and doing so well in so many areas, I think that if we pulled our kids aside and said, hey, what is Christmas? What is Christmas? Whose birthday is this? I think the high majority are saying Jesus. Tell me what Christmas is to you. It was when Jesus was born and amen to all of that. That is a great start. But do they know this message? Do they know the message of Christmas? I want you to think about this for a minute. The polar opposites of the world celebration and the Christian. The message of the world in Christmas today is, hey, listen, um, if you act good and you're a good boy and you're a good girl, you're going to get what you want. And so now my kids don't have like list of, hey, this is something that I would kind of like. It's like their hostage list. That's their demand list. So you know how my kids' vocabulary, you know how they speak? Like, hey, what do you want for Christmas? I'm getting da da da, And you're like, oh, you're getting these things. That's how it works, right? I've been a good girl. I haven't killed anybody, murdered anybody that my parents know of, right? And so the message of the world Christmas is if you act good, you behave well, and you do what is right, then you're going to get some really great things. That's the message of Christmas with a lot of little wonderful traditions stung around it. When you look at the origin, 300 years of why the day was actually created, the message is the gospel, which is opposed to that. 
The message is that we are not good. And the message is that we do not deserve. And the message is there is nothing that we can do to receive these gifts. But Christ came from heaven to man to die for you and I, to pour our grace and mercy into us, something that we cannot perform well to receive. That is polar opposites. Like the gap between what this is and what this is is uncanny. What message does your kid best know? Do they know he's watching act well? Is that what we know? And if you really want that Nintendo, if you really want that hoverboard, if you really want that game, then do these things. Sounds like the Galatians. Or do they know, hey, Christmas is the gospel. Why do you think Jesus came here to float around and enjoy the food? No, Jesus came because we did not do well. Jesus came because we do not deserve. Jesus came because we do have a lot of skeletons that we're hiding, but still through his grace and his mercy and our faith, he still chose to give. Christmas is the gospel. So what is the primary message in your home? Act good and you will receive, or we are lost and need Jesus. Which one? Let me ask you a question. What would you be more of? What would you be more of this morning in the church? Would you be more delighted? Would you be more encouraged if you came in here the first week in December, Christmas season, and we uplifted the name of Christ in Christmas, right? You came in here and we preached and we taught and we sang and we uplifted the name of Christ during Christmas. Or frustrated that someone came and diminished or stepped on your worldly traditions that you so desperately hang on. Which one would you be more? Like, hey, pastor, I kind of know where you're going. Watch your words. Would you be more delighted that we said, hey, this is about Christ? Or we kind of pushed away your worldly traditions that oppose him which one delighted or frustrated did you come in here going hey listen um i kind of want to do both so kind of kind of ride the fence pastor no one can serve two masters no one can serve two masters and you sit there and you go hey hunter you don't listen man nothing's wrong with my traditions and and that's what some of you will say and remember i told you i'm a big fan of most of them Hunter, my child is four, four years old. They don't need to know about Augustine and the early church in Rome and the the winter solstice. They can't count to nine. I bet they know all 12 reindeer. You know, they're four years old. They don't have to know these things. Do you know them? Did any of you guys go, I knew all of these things before you told me, Hunter? I knew about the early church. I knew about winter solstice. I knew about the nativity. I knew about all of these things. You're not four. Did you know them? You think it would have helped if you did? You think if your parents in the midst of the tree, which I don't have a problem with, 
You think in the midst of the tree, in the midst of the lights, in the midst of the eggnog, in the midst of the caroling, in the midst of the Grinch, you think in the midst of all that, if your parents sat down with you and said, hey, let me preach to you the meaning of Christmas, you think that would have helped and stuck? What is the primary message in your home? So it begs the question, have we ever really celebrated Christmas? I want you to remember Sunday's message if you were here. If you're not, you need to go back and listen to it. It was a blessed time. It's something as beautiful and awesome and exciting and traditional as Christmas. Just like anything in life, when God is not first, everything becomes diluted and not worthwhile. So Christmas is great. Christmas is awesome. Christmas is fun. But when Christ is not the core, you've never really experienced. So I would say that even after this message, most of us are going to choose to make God just a small part of our Christmas season. And in that, you'll never really experience a true blessing. Like I wonder about 300 years after the death of Christ, if any of those men and women would even recognize what this day has become standing out in the yard, the courtyard, the coldest, shortest, darkest day of the year, praying, reading Malachi, thanking God for his son. If they went futuristic back in time and to here, future in time, forward, whatever you call this, and they looked at what we have done, would they even recognize it? What is the primary message In your home, look at Luke 2, please. I want you to see it. Kids, start flipping. Look at Luke 2. Look at Luke 2. This is a continuation of the verses that we read in Matthew. Look at chapter 2, verse 6. says in God's word, so that it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because, highlight, because there was no room for them in the end. I started reading that and I started thinking about where, where I have Christ during this season that we celebrate, and I thought, man, is he in the end? Is he in the forefront? Is he at the core? Is he first, or do I have him out back in the shed as well? Like, where is Christ in this special season in your family? Last Sunday night, as we close and as we start to wrap in here, we ended on Sunday night talking about practical disciplines to place Christ and maintain Christ first in your life. Remember the three T's. We talked about time, treasures, and talents. We talked about how when Christ is first, things are so much more enjoyable. When Christ is first, we see the blessings of marriage, and we see the blessings in money, and family, and children, and work, and career, and the church. Like It's all about the formula of Jesus being first. And when Jesus is second, when he's third, when he's tenth, we will not experience how great the things of Jesus are in our life. So we're going to do the same thing here. Practical 
disciplines. Hunter, how would I change this? Because this is what the, the rationale would say. I don't need to do the worldly things. We can't give each other gifts. We need to give all of our money to the shelter and not sing songs or watch TV. That's not what I'm saying to you. Enjoy your traditions like life. Life is awesome. Life is a gift. Soak it up. Enjoy it. But don't misprioritize it. Don't put things in places that they do not need to be. They created Christmas to worship Christ. If you don't like it, celebrate holidays. That is why Christmas was created. By Christians, for Christians. The world is celebrating holidays. If you don't want to put Christ first, then worship that. But if you want to see the fullness of this great special season... Enjoy your trees, enjoy your gifts, enjoy your singing, enjoy your food, but don't have it the primary message in your life. Here's the discipline. Go out of your way to share what's most important with those around you. Go out of your way to share with those that are around you what's most important. Share with your children, parent, what you've heard today. Maybe somebody knew the stories in which I told you about the early church in Rome and winter solstice. and the Nat- Maybe somebody knew that, but I'm guessing the majority don't. Sit with them. You don't have to preach a sermon and go, did you hear what Pastor Hunter said? Like, do you know what Christmas is really about? It's the birth of Christ. Yes, but do you know who created Christmas? Do you know where it originates from? Do you know why it's special? Do you know why we do these things? And teach your kids all that you have heard. Something that I say every year to our church, and I want you to create new traditions. I think traditions for a family is a special thing. Every Christmas Eve at night, we go to Jackson, because this is what I did with my parents. We go out to eat, and we go look at lights. Every year, we go look at the same lights as long as they put them up. We come home, we do a few things, we get in matching pajamas from dad to Lila, we take a few pictures, we go to bed, and we just can't wait to get up. We got a lot of traditions. But a tradition that we started 15, 16 years ago, before one president is open, we sit on our couch and we read Luke and we read the gospel and give thanks to God. Before one stocking is looked at, before one piece of ham is eaten, before any gift is open. Sit with your children, read the story, and tell them what the day is about. That is better than any light. That is better than any gift. I want you to think about your own life for a minute. Can any of you name any gift that your kid has received or you have received that years later you still treasure today? Like you might still have one, you might still appreciate one, you might have a funny story about one, but all of those things fade. The treasure is Christ. Put Christ first. Experience Christmas, and God will bless you in that. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for today. Lord, as I said in the message, I love this season. It's special as a father, it's special as a husband, a friend, a pastor. I enjoy I enjoy the weather of winter. I enjoy the the songs and the clothes and the food and the tradition. I enjoy it all. 
Well, man, when things are misplaced, when things are misprioritized, we don't get to experience the fullness of what it actually is. Christmas is a Christian holiday. And when Christ is not the first and the primary message in a Christian holiday, it will always become diluted. It will become, it will become something that wasn't meant to be. And so much of the world has taken that as obvious. They see it. The world, the lost, do not want Christmas. What I pray that the Christians do. Let the world have holidays. Let the world have this worldly event. Let the world celebrate those things. Let us celebrate Christmas, the gospel. That when Jesus Christ came to this earth, it was literally Old Testament, prolonged, literally prophesied to come to Matthew 1. This is something they had been waiting thousands of years for. They anticipated. They did not anticipate gifts. They did not anticipate time or songs. Or They anticipated Christ. This was a huge moment in Christian history. It is the gospel that not because of the way we acted, not of what we deserved. It was the opposite. And let us remember those things. Let us enjoy the gift of life while putting you first. In your precious and holy name, the church says, amen.